0: Today is Tuesday July 2 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or spider which is the proxy for the S&P 500. couple of things happened today. A couple of interesting things happened today. Believe it or not even on a quiet day on a quiet week where we have a holiday shortened week there's still stuff to discuss. There are still things going on underneath the covers underneath the hood of the market. We'll discuss them all before we get knee deep let's just do a little bit of housekeeping let's talk about the rest of the week wednesday the market is open for half a day the stock market closes at 1 p.m eastern standard time thursday it's closed friday it's open most of the market participants are on vacation can the market move yes it can so here's what we're going to do in terms of the videos and updates going forward if wednesday is a dud of a half day and the market really doesn't move there'll be no video i'm on vacation if friday the market moves i'll do a video if there's need for a video that goes for both wednesday and friday if the market is dead as a doornail and nothing's going on there's no video i'm on vacation Also, here's something of note. I believe they're still going to have a phony jobs number release on Friday. That can certainly move the market. Volume is expected to be light. So therefore, it doesn't take a lot to move the market in either direction. Generally speaking, when the volume is very light... It's a lack of sellers. There just are no sellers out there. There were no sellers out there this afternoon. We're going to discuss what happened in the afternoon in a moment. I just want to wrap up the housekeeping stuff. So bottom line here is, if the market moves, if there's reason for a video, there'll be a video. If the market is stagnant, dead as a doornail, no video, I'm on vacation. My wife says we're going to have a good time. I just want to know what the numbers are. What's going on in the daily chart we just had an inside day which means the high and the low today were inside of the high and the low yesterday is that meaningful not really it doesn't really mean anything the market basically just went sideways at the end of the day although it did have a very very positive close that's next on deck for this one. Let's drill it down to a five-minute chart. We want to see the drama of what happened in the last five or ten minutes of the day. As you can see, they just lit a match and the market went on fire, took off like it was on a quarter-mile drag race. Why did that happen? How does that happen? We can list out 47 reasons till Sunday. Nobody can ever prove which one is right, wrong, or indifferent. We can just chalk it up to somebody wanted the market to close on the high. It is what it is. Should we put it in the shenanigans bucket? Most likely. Let's say for a second that that didn't happen. Where would the market have closed? It still would have been an inside day and we would have had nothing else to discuss as it relates to the daily chart anyway. So the end of the day, zip ride didn't really even matter. I use didn't matter kind of tongue in cheek. Everything always matters. And by the way, the close is always important. We closed on the high. We talked about that a moment ago. That's always important. It's a positive close. But here's the S&P e-mini futures contract. Same five minute chart. You can see the same thing going. We closed out the day at 29.79.75. Make note of that. We're going to come back to that in a moment. Here's a 15 minute chart. We'll do something for fun since we have some extra time on our hands today. Here's a snapshot from inside the numbers today. We're going to take a look at a few things in this report. Pre-market morning notes. It's turnaround Tuesday again. We don't know whether the market's going to turn around or not. I'm just saying it's turnaround Tuesday. Skipping forward, we say yesterday it was ES29.70. Overnight, the high was 29.72. These are important numbers. Remember that. We're going to get back to that in a moment. We always talk about both sides of the market. What's the other side? What gives the ball to the Bears? Closing hourly below 29.54 for starters. We have some other commentary in here. Remember, it's a short holiday week. The volume will likely get increasingly lighter and lighter as the week goes on. That makes trading more difficult. They tend to wear you out when nothing's moving. By nature, traders become impatient. It's the exact opposite of what you have to be. Let's go back up to the midday notes. And there's a method to the madness here. As suspected, they're very quiet. Trading is almost non-existent. However... Some fantastic trades this morning. We'll get to those. They're from Stocks on the Move. The setup for the rest of the day is the 29.70 on the top end and the 29.60 on the bottom end. That's the range. Breaking above is bullish. Breaking below is bearish. And that's basically the setup for the rest of the day. We go on to note that the IWM and the transports and the financials are weak. And that's part and parcel to the evidence that the market really won't get very far on the upside. And it really didn't until the last 10 minutes of the day. Let's check out stocks on the move for a moment. So what do we have? We had six opportunities out of those six opportunities. Three of the stocks hit their target entry prices producing trade opportunities. WDC entry was 47.55. AYI, two entry prices, 125.01 and 119.85, and GBX entry price of 27.20. We're going to take a look at the charts of these stocks in a moment. What else do we find in this morning report? How about the index important numbers? We list out the SP e mini numbers, the SPY numbers, and crude oil numbers. Let's focus on a couple of S&P E-mini numbers. These can always be translated into SPY numbers. For now, we're going to focus on the E-mini. 29.81, 29.70, 29.61. Remember those numbers. Let's go back to the chart and see what we have. Here's a five-minute chart S&P E-mini futures contract. Let's get the demarcation point of where today begins. Vertical line represents the first five-minute candle of the day. This report comes out sub-9 a.m. in the morning, Eastern Standard Time. These important numbers are guidelines. We use them in conjunction with everything else that's taught in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. Just take note of something. In the middle of the day, this is 12.35 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The midday update came out at 11.30. We were talking about 2961. The low here 295850, but look what happened after the market found support in that zone. We knew where the next one down was. If we know the important numbers in advance, it makes getting into and managing through the trade less of an emotional roller coaster if you know that there's an important number nearby. Whether you're trading SPY options, whether you're trading S&P E-mini futures contracts, or whether you're trading the SPY in and of itself, or one of the leveraged funds, it doesn't matter. Any of those vehicles will work. If you know where the next important number is, you can manage the trade. You can enter a partial, enter another portion at the next important number, or you end up with a winning trade on a partial position nothing wrong with that where do you exit a trade or where do you exit a part of a position a partial exit at the next important number in the northern direction in this case 2970 was on the board early in the morning we already knew about the number it was important from yesterday it still was important today late in the day we trade through that number where are they going to the next important number what was the next important number from inside the numbers from the list you already saw, 29.81. We just ran out of time at the end of the day. That's where they were headed. If you're trading throughout the day, this can be and generally is very, very beneficial information. Remember the three stocks from Stocks on the Move? The first one was Western Digital, WDC. The entry listed was forty seven. 55. The stock made a low of 47.40, took off like a rocket, made a high over here, for example, over 49, 49 49.14. That's in a matter of minutes. Here's another one, AYI. The stock closed yesterday all the way up at 141. We identified two levels, 125 and 119.85. It never got to the second level. So for example, many traders had a portion of a position. The stock found its low, turned around, and took off to the upside. You can see over here was already over $133. That's example number two. Here's example number three. GBX, stock closed just under $31. Monday's close. $2720 was the price listed on the board early this morning. Came into that price. Bulls and bears duked it out down there. Finally, the bulls won. The stock took off to the upside. The rest is history. It was over 29 before the end of the day. Do we win every trade off this list? Of course not. Today we did. Today was a good day. Today we had the market lock, stock, and barrel. Most days, we have a pretty good handle on the market. Where does the stocks on the move list come from? Where do these stocks come from? Why are we so confident in these support or in the case of a short trade, resistance areas? Remember what we always discuss. The market is going to a destination. Same thing with these stocks. Sometimes early in the morning, it becomes apparent what the destination is, where the stock is headed for first thing in the morning. Again, it's like the 80-20 rule. About 80% of the time, We're right on where the market is headed for or where a particular stock is headed for. All right, let's rotate here. Let's get over into camp IWM. In the notes from inside the numbers, you'll remember we talked about IWM in the midday market update. So IWM was weak, relative weakness all day long, but we did also, just like the SPY, have that end of the day rocket ride but the IWM did have two pretty decent down days at the end of the day, realizing that we did have a bounce higher off the 100-period moving average today, but for the majority of the day, it was hanging around down there. Here's a 15-minute chart, and you can see that the IWM was weak all day long. So was this end-of-the-day shenanigans, or... Was the market waiting until the very end of the day to give us the clue we were waiting all day for unfortunately it's very hard to get that kind of a read when the market does what it did at the end of the day now we're going to peel back the onion a little bit further look at a couple of other charts traders that have taken the course at lazy e-mini trader can look at this chart and identify two very specific reasons why The market found a low where it did and when it did and why it reversed course and started going higher. There certainly is evidence right here on this chart that we could have just made a pullback. Prices may be resuming another uptrend. It's not written in stone. I'm just saying when you look at this chart and if you've taken the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader, you can say on this hourly chart, oh yeah, that hit me like a ton of bricks or punched me in the nose and if you don't like the look of this chart let's take a look at a different one and see if you feel the same way if you've taken the course this one should also jump at you this is the 120-minute chart and while we do have a reversal candle on the 120-minute chart that doesn't mean the other things that we learn that work about 80% of the time don't work They do work about 80% of the time, notwithstanding the fact that we have a reversal candle. It's no wonder we found a low when and where we did. If you've taken the course, you can find two very specific reasons why that happened. Above all the moving averages, not even getting to what's also known as the gap window down here, turning around and going in the other direction, is that bullish or bearish? For now, that's bullish, it is what it is, you take it at face value. So net-net, just so we have a clear picture of the IWM, daily chart, technically, still in an uptrend, maintains price above all the moving averages, we do have to note, it is a puzzle piece, relative weakness today, against the SPY, and without the the end-of-the-day ramp, we finish about on top of the 100-period moving average, would be two pretty ugly down days in a row. So that's the picture that we have to have for the IWM. Nothing crystal clear, but its information allows us to put a couple of puzzle pieces on the table and move forward. Taking a stop down at the transportation department. Yesterday, we said this one also punched us in the nose. There was a couple or maybe more, maybe three or four reasons why this chart or this index in and of itself the transportation average why it could be traded against the high came into important prices that we had previously discussed if you go back to videos from last week we discussed 10,500 to 10,600 and then there were about three or four other reasons why it would likely not be going any higher immediately my second favorite market-leading indicator, which one is the first one? The IWM. So as my second favorite market-leading indicator, again, relative weakness. Is this our canary in the coal mine? Down eight-tenths of 1% against an S&P 500, up one-third of 1%. Relative weakness in the transports, relative weakness in the IWM. Of note, puzzle pieces the table by the way flipping back to the iwm for a second i wanted to show you something a little bit cool remember last week when we talked about 158 give or take yesterday we hit the 158 i want to show you the weekly chart because something pops up that's really neat look at that trend line the one going from the top left to the bottom right not bottom right but to the right lower right and you can see what we hit now that's not the reason the 158 came up. That was a different reason, but it was certainly supporting information. We hit that trend line, spiked through it by a little bit, got to the 158, and were pretty readily rejected from that trend line. I think that's important information. I think we need to know that it's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. Look where we are as it relates to That downsloping trend line and those moving averages on the weekly chart. There's a big convergence of moving averages. It's make it or break it for the IWM. They're going to have to either jump over that trend line or they're going back down below those moving averages. They're not going to stay trapped or sandwiched in between this for very long. Pretty slick stuff. How do you like them apples? The Qs. Same chart as the SPY. Same story. Same routine, same book, same chapter, different page. The XLF, the financials, they started out weak and they recovered. At the end of the day, we just basically had a slight down day, only down one penny from where we were yesterday. Can't make anything out of that whatsoever. Actually, it was down slightly more than a penny. I'm looking at the after hours quote. We were down slightly more than that, but at the end, it was only a few cents. Put it in perspective, there's nothing bearish on this chart. If the financials are not unraveling like a spool of thread, there's nothing going to happen with the market under normal garden variety market conditions. If something happens with the financials, the market will likely follow suit. But the market's not going to get very far one way or the other without participation from the financials. It's a big component of the entire S&P. How about the SMH? Why do we look at this? We look at the SMH because it's a pretty good leading indicator across the tech space. The SMH looks similar to the IWM, which looks similar to the transports. So everything that I seem to use as a leading indicator is going in the opposite direction of the S&P, the Dow, and the NASDAQ composite. One thing's for sure. One way or the other... The leading indicators will turn around and catch up to the market on the north side or the market will turn around and act like the leading indicators and head south. How about gold? I was looking for a little bit more of a pullback in gold and then it took off, really like a bat out of hell, and is up another $32. You have to say, you have to notice a couple of things out there. Gold is acting strange. And I'm not one to define strange but gold really took off to the upside. It's breaking out. And my alter ego really wants to tell you that there's a method to the madness. This isn't an accident or a coincidence. The media is going to end up pointing to gold later. That's really what my alter ego is saying. What's the chart saying? It just continues to be bullish. Before we were looking for 1457, it never got to 1457. We're still looking for 1457. Doesn't have to be the end. We're just looking for 1457. About crude oil, crude oil got whacked, taken out behind the woodshed, shot three times, and then they killed it. One of those almost five percent down days in crude oil. Circled around some news. The news doesn't match the move. It is what it is. At the end of the day, what happened was we traded way up to 60 bucks, hit the moving averages, were rejected, and were rejected hard. Could anybody see that type of rejection coming? If you were in the trade, you got lucky. You can't see a 5% move in crude coming unless you're in the middle of it. Is it headed back to $54? it will be interesting to see if that's really where it's headed. 54 was a breakout as far as I was concerned. Are we headed back to the former breakout area, 54? We'll see. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Here's something worth taking a look at. Here's the treasury note, the 10-year treasury note. It's now underneath 2%. I think you have to notice the 10-year is under 2%. That means the flip side is also the same, which is, The bond prices are rallying. The bond prices are challenging the highs that we were at before as yields are challenging the lows. It looks like, obviously it's in a downtrend, looks like they want to make a new low. Where are we going in bond yields? Well, I did some investigative work and maybe it's hard to believe for some, but I came up with 1.8. Actually, 1.78% is where the 10-year could get to if we continue to collapse further. And we are in a downtrend. We have not reversed until and unless we do. It is in a downtrend. And my number is 1.78. Write that down. Here's the flip side. Here's a chart, a daily chart of the TLT, which includes 20 to 30-year Treasury bonds. 137 to 1375 half. If we do get that collapse in yields and a further spike in the price of bonds, 137, 137. a half is where I have the TLT going. Remember this at 11150, 112, 11250. Just buy it. It's not going to make any difference. You can go back to the videotape on that one. We were discussing that exactly a year ago for weeks. And that, my friends, is a perfect place to pull the ripcord. I'm David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost.